playing a little catch up but here we go with the November 2 reading. Ken J says, I finally realized my family needs to understand what I'm going through and now I can share that with them. During active addiction, we often become secretive, hiding our behavior out of shame and fear of rejection. Our families and friends don't know what was happening with us, how we felt, or what our lives were like. Now they feel baffled again about what is happening to us. They may feel resentful or jealous when we spend time away from them. We must always maintain the anonymity of others in the 12-step fellowship, but we can explain how a meeting works, why it's important to our recovery, and what it brings to our lives. We can explain the meaning of a higher power and the important role our sponsor plays in our recovery. We can talk about the program principles such as powerlessness, letting go, and surrender. Talking about our recovery program is a wonderful way to share our lives and our feelings with friends and family. We can reassure them and help them understand the process of change. By sharing with them, we welcome our families and friends into our new lives in a loving way. Today, help me share my recovery with those who are close to me. Have I ever told you the story about Tara's 30th birthday? (laughs) If I haven't, let me fill you in right now because that's what this reminded me of. So it was her 30th birthday and her, it wasn't her wife at the time, but her girlfriend was planning a surprise 30th birthday party and I was the distraction. And it made sense because I'm one of, you know, T's girlfriends that she runs around with independently. You know, I mean, we hang out with her wife and stuff, don't get me wrong, but uh, T and I were friends before they got together. So it makes sense that we have our alone time and then we have our together time. Anyway, the softball game, it was a softball themed party and it was a softball game. It was pretty cool. Uh, she had t-shirts made and it was it was just a really nice day. Well, it happened to be the same day as our GA picnic. And our GA picnic was about 45 minutes away from where we live, where we hang out. And I invited her to come to the picnic with me. And she came. Now, she had no idea that we were on our way to, you know, her 30th birthday party. She actually was pissed off at Marie for, uh, you know, not making a big deal of her birthday. So because it it must have happened after, you know, after the actual date of her birthday. So that kind of made it even more fun. You know, we, we went to the picnic. And when I first met Tara, she was she was a shy kid. Like she would not let me in. She had um, her friends and they were her friends and we were working together and it took a long time for her to trust me and for us to become friends. And it really, it really pivoted in July of, I think 2012 is when our, our dynamic really started shifting. And anyway, that's neither here nor there. She's been When I moved to Kansas City, she came out every year faithfully. And when I came back here, I stayed with her. At any rate, we've been friends a long time. And, you know, we don't have to see each other every day, but we're going to just always be friends. And she's, she knows, uh, you know, all my ugly. 
She still chooses to hang out with me. She knows all my ugly. And um, we had lived together for a while. And she really got to see my gambling. And she just didn't understand why I loved it so much. And when I gave it up, I think she was really genuinely proud of me and happy for me because she saw how dangerous it was. She's like, Bobby, I don't think it's normal that the people who work in the cage know you by first name. You know, like she could see what I couldn't see. She could see what was broken with it. At any rate, she's been in, you know, I don't want to say engaged in my recovery, but totally aware. I'm totally transparent. I tell her everything. So she comes to this picnic and we have a GA meeting. It's an open one, of course, because people bring their friends and family. And I've never put her in that environment before where it would have been okay just to have a picnic and be friends. But I really didn't. I think it was my first time having going to this picnic. It's an annual thing. I think it was my first time. And um, I didn't know that there would be a meeting. And she was literally put into her first GA meeting. And luckily, you know, we had the the foundation of transparency and honesty and all that, but they actually called on her. Like everybody that was there in the pavilion spoke and introduced themselves and why were they there? And she just, she just went with the flow. Like that's kind of her personality anyway, but I'm not sure I would have been as graceful as she was. She introduced herself as a friend of mine, um, said that something along the lines of, you know, she's supportive and proud of me. And it was just one of those, you know, moments that I feel like for me, you know, it, it strengthened our friendship. I was so proud of her because like I said, it wasn't necessarily her personality type to just be putting everything out there. And it, it's a very vulnerable situation. So she survived the day with me. And we went to her party and it was a success. I can't tell you who won or lost. I could tell you I got a good t-shirt from the day and it was, it was a fun day. So why did I tell you that story in particular? Because if I hadn't told her, if I had kept the secrets, right, I really would have screwed up her 30th birthday or, you know, or I would have had to not go to the picnic if I was having a double life. And I, I really hate that concept because to me, that's the lying and I don't like lying and I use the word hate and I don't like to use the word hate. I guess I guess I can use hate when it comes to lying because that's definitely the one thing that really sends me over the edge. At any rate, it's just an example of we need to sometimes give our, our people, our family, our friends a little more credit to when dealing with this. And for those of you that have spouses and that are actively going to meetings even if it's on, you know, Zoom and you're making these connections and and if you're following the program the way the program is and you have a sponsor, it's almost like you're creating your own little cocoon, right? And the family and friends are on the outside. And this reading's really saying something very important to you is, you know, when it when it ends, today help me share my recovery with those who are close to me. That's super important because you want them, like I sometimes refer to myself as new Bobby. I'm not the same person I used to be. And I've been very, very lucky. And I'll take some credit for it too, mind you. But 
because of the kind of people that I have chose to surround myself with. But I'm very lucky that every single person is supportive of my recovery and, and the life that I've, I choose to live today. Everybody just wants me happy and healthy, right? And not gambling makes me happy and healthy. And I would like to believe that the people in your world are the same, but they can't feel excluded like it's a new life that you're not bringing them into. And that's really what I think the, the reading is capturing here, that there is a way to do it. You know, when you come home from a meeting, maybe it's talking about, you know, the value or what you learned from the meeting, as opposed to, you know, talking about other people's things, or if there was a situation you can relate to that might be applicable in your own household, maybe chat about that without breaking anonymity. And also, I would suggest letting them know that there are resources as friends and family, whether it's Gammonon or if if you're a drinker, I'm drawing a blank on what it's called. What is it for alcoholics? Al-Anon. There we go. Wow, that eluded me for a moment. At any rate, they can form their own community and work on their own healing. And actually, I suggest that hugely because addiction and this process it it isn't a one man band kind of show. We need support to stay strong and not relapse, not go back, not stay in stinking thinking. But they also need to heal too. You were probably physically there sometimes, but I'm guessing you weren't mentally present. You weren't engaged. Your brain was probably racing. You were probably thinking about the next bet. Maybe you were like me and you were tapping into the finances in a way you shouldn't have been so that you can gamble more. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of damage that we do to our loved ones. And the deeper we get in and the better we work our, our recovery, the more healing we want to do around that, the more we can see the harm that we've done. Like one of the things that always stuck out to me, and I I was guilty of this as well, but I hadn't framed it this way. I think we did it in rehab. You know, did we hurt the animals that lived in our house? So no, did I beat Snowflake? No, but was I missing those nights that I was at the casino and she was home alone? Or did I not walk her because I was more engaged in all the activities that I wanted. I mean, we had a fenced-in backyard. She never went for a walk. I was a horrible mom, which is part of why, well, it's not the only reason I didn't have kids, but it's part of why I'm a little skeptical about getting new animals. Everybody knows I love animals and it's it's such a huge commitment. But yeah, I was doing harm because I wasn't treating her the way she should have been treated. And we don't think about that. So if, if I was neglecting the dog, can you imagine what I was doing to my husband? You know, so... Think of it that way. Put a little bit of um, empathy on and let, you know, let them know that you acknowledge their feelings and that this isn't a, a solo process for just you in recovery. And I think you'll be surprised. I mean, I was surprised that day, not that Tara supported me, but that she did it with the grace that she did. And well, I shouldn't even say I'm surprised. I'm appreciative. I just know that it was a uh, you know, it's not a fun spot to be in, to be put in the spot. And she handled it so well. So be mindful of others. If you're early, if you're early in the journey, maybe it's letting them know, hey, 
I know that maybe you don't trust me right now. I know that I'm transitioning. I want you to know that I'm mindful of that. I'm not, I may not be capable of helping you deal with me changing. So maybe here's some resources, but I will be as honest and transparent as I can about all the steps in my journey. You can say that from the beginning. It's okay. You Maybe you can't be as cohesive where you're trying to, and I'm going to say fix loosely, but fix the things that they're dealing with. That's why it's important to know that there's there are resources and places for them to talk. I'm always going to be an advocate for a counselor or a therapist if it's the right one. I... I've graduated from the program at the center and and technically graduate after about a year, but I have not stopped my counseling. Why would I, right? Like, why would I give up someone who I can talk to and bounce things off of and tell the ugly truths to and listen for feedback? You know, all those things. Why would I give that up? It doesn't even make any sense. She's kind of my version of the sponsor. And actually, I'm on my second counselor. And it's interesting because I think the universe wanted me to go through what I went through and have the first counselor. And now I'm like in a different phase and I have the second one. So, I, And they bring different things to the table. They have very different personalities. So it's interesting. At any rate, that is, that's a scoop. That's the scoop on involving our family and friends. And and please, beautiful people, please give them a shot. You know, it's hard. It's hard on everyone. So be mindful of that. All right, everyone. You have a beautiful day. And-